Lord, fill him up more, even surprise him today. Lord, we, we are expecting, we know that you move among your children, and we just thank you so much for that. Speak through Kenneth, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I receive it. Praise God. Well, man, it's good to be back at the vineyard. Amen? Amen. So, uh, you know, the pastor kind of led into a little bit, uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I travel, and I am an evangelist. I, am, I do not have a pastor's heart. Some of you that have gone through the Spiritual Warfare Conference, you probably understand that, right? Pastors, there's a special heart that God has given them. Because they have to deal with a deluge of just issues, right, in, in the church. I am very fortunate that I don't have to deal with those issues. I come in, speak the word, and I move on, right? Let the pastors deal with it afterwards. I know, that's kind of rough. But that's the way I operate. So I travel. I do not hold back when I'm preaching the word of God. And if that offends you in any way, praise God. I'm glad it did. Amen. I don't say that in a, in a uh, prideful way. I just say that because the Word of God should be a little abrasive to us. Because it brings conviction. Condemnation is a completely different subject. But when we come to church and we hear a word and it stirs something in our heart and our mind, that's probably a little bit of a conviction going on. I get convicted every time I stand at the pulpit. Because when you stand at the pulpit to deliver the Word of God over the people, that comes with a serious responsibility. And I take that very, very serious. And some people, I don't like the way you preached. I wasn't asking, brother and sister. I'm, I got a job to do before the Lord, and I'm going to do it. And if the Lord has a problem with that, He'll deal with me at the time of judgment. Amen? And, but I love preaching the Word of God, and I love seeing the impact on the people, because that's what it's about. It's about impacting lives, speaking truth into the heart and the minds of believers, watching the church rise in power. And that is the focus of Ignite the Fire, the ministry that I started years ago, is to, is to wake up the body of believers. That was the call. That Father placed on my heart. And that's a tough job, let me tell you. Especially in this political climate that we're in. I'm not going to go all political on you, so don't worry. Amen. But it's pretty, you can feel it, the atmosphere in Oregon, let me tell you. Texas didn't, you know, we got our own issues, praise God. But it is what it is. And let me tell you the truth of, of, of all of that. Doesn't matter who... Your president is, it doesn't matter who your governor is, it does not matter. God is sovereign above all of that. And you're either gonna, you're either gonna stand firm through it, or you're gonna cower and fail miserably. Look, we have a choice to make, church. I'm talking to the body now, come on. We have a choice to make. We're either going to cower in the corner and wave the white flag, or we're going to stand with boldness and declare the Word of God no matter what goes on in the physical. You and I cannot dictate the sovereignty and power of God with our ears and our eyes. 
And what begins to happen is we begin to sway in the wind. We begin to go after marshmallow-style teachings that feel good, and we're just flowing in the wind. And God says, no, 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 no. You stand on the Word. You stand boldly. You face those storms head on with all the power and authority that Jesus planted in your heart and in your mind. And you will say, you will come no further. You will come no further in my life. It doesn't mean the storms won't come. It just means now you have a boldness because you're steadfast on the Word of God. And that's, that's actually what we're going to kind of dive into today. We're going to be talking about your identity in the kingdom of God. Praise God. At least one's like, yes! Praise God! Look, it's very important that you know exactly who you are. Now, when, we, when I came up and we changed the, the couple words of that song, we said, I am worthy. That rocked some of you. That was very difficult for you to get out of your mouth. Where, where is, it's Nikki, right? Where did she go? She just, whew, she was raptured and we were all left behind. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Wherever she went, it was a little tough for her to, to say that. Did you notice that? She got her voice cracked a little bit. Why do we have a problem saying that we're worthy of that, of that sacrificial death? Why do we as a church have a problem with that? Because someone somewhere said, oh, well, don't be prideful. Why is it prideful to stand and say, I am worthy of the death of Jesus Christ? Why, why do we not stand boldly and declare that in Jesus' name? Because I feel when we don't do that, we pin Jesus back to that cross every time. Oh, I'm not worthy. So what are you saying? That Jesus went to the cross for nothing? Is that what you're declaring in your life? Are you declaring that in the life of your children? No, no, no. No, no, no. We need to speak over the young ones. We need to tell them they're worthy of that death and they better do something about it. They better rise in power. Speak with boldness. Deliver the word of God. Lay hands on the sick. Don't walk in fear, but walk in boldness. You see who... Amen. You can say amen to that. When we instill that into the young ones, when we instill that into our own thought process, guess what begins to happen? Nothing will move you. Nothing will bring fear into your life. Anxieties will begin to be stripped away from you. Because like I said, no matter what happens in the physical, God's sovereign. God is sovereign. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you, Father. You are sovereign. We surrender to your sovereignty, Father God. We surrender to it. Father, gently remind us of how worthy we are. Gently remind us of how powerful we are in the kingdom of God. Gently, Father. Walk with us as we seek your face in our lives, Father God. As we remember 
exactly who we are before you, Father God. That when the veil was torn, Father God, it gave us access to enter into the Holy of Holies with boldness. Knowing that our Messiah is interceding on our behalf. Knowing our Messiah loves us with a passion. Knowing our Messiah at the time of crucifixion said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Knowing that He's forgiven us and that we can stand boldly at the throne. Father, today I ask that you let this be your word, Father, not my own. Strip from me any selfish intentions, Father, any worldly motives, Father. Strip those from me in Jesus' name. Father, and together, corporately, we come before you, Father, and we repent, Father God. We repent of the things that we've allowed to come into our eyes, Father, the things that we've allowed to come into our ears, and, Father, the things that we have spoken, Father. We repent of those things. And Father, we thank you. We thank you that we are worthy. We are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we, before we, we dive into it, just some of you, when you walked in today, you, unless you came in through the back door, but is there a back door to this church? I don't know. Came in through the front door. You saw that that I wrote a I wrote a book, which is basically a, a very uh, humorous thing that the Lord did in my life. Uh, prior to me getting my bachelor's degree from the Texas University of Theology, uh, the highest grade I completed was eighth grade. I got la- I got asked to leave school in the ninth grade because I was dealing drugs. I was uh, in multiple gangs actually simultaneously. I know it's kind of weird to say, but it is what it is. They knew I was dealing drugs to all their campuses, so they said, hey, you can get your GED for free or you can get out of the state of Texas. Okay, amen. I was in ninth grade and I was already 18 years old. Go do the math on that one. All right? This is just the sense of humor of God is all it is. I was never good in English, actually, ever. All right? I think the highest grade in English was like a 40, right? Whatever. But Father, put it on my heart to write this book. Uh, some of you have been through the Spiritual Warfare Conference. This is the conference all packed into a uh, way to f- just kind of flow through it. So if you would like a book, we, I've got them out there. I do sell them for a little more uh, here at the conferences and the, the different speaking engagements just because it helps support the ministry. You can find it on Amazon for cheaper if you choose to do so. Matter of fact, I'd rather you read the Bible than that book. So you don't even have to buy one if you don't want one. Amen. Praise God. Don't feel compelled to. I'd rather you read your Bible. Amen? All right, so let's dive into it. Let's, uh, we're going uh, to be talking a lot about Scripture today. We're going we're to cover several Scriptures, uh, but we're going to be talking about your identity in the kingdom of God. Your identity is, is, is very important, and I know that sometimes when we have a calling on our life, we have an anointing, if you will, to do something for the kingdom of God, sometimes we allow life situations to influence that calling. Because of whatever's going on in in our lives. So here's an example. Some of you have been called to go out and lay hands on the sick. Some of you know that you know you have that anointing in your fingertips. That is a gift from the Holy Spirit, by the way. 
Healing is a gift. Not everyone operates in it. There's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. That is just one. Some of you have that gift, but because someone in your family is sick and you've laid hands on them and they did not recover, all of a sudden you think, oh, well, I'm, I, I, I'm not called to do that after all. It just simply is what it is. You're not doing the healing. God is doing the healing through you. Does that make sense? You are just a conduit. So we allow things like that to dictate our identity and our anointing in the kingdom of God. I have seen miraculous things happen at the altar. Miraculous. Things that my brain are still trying to comprehend. But I go home and my wife is hurting or whatever and I lay hands on her and I pray and I take her to the throne. And healing doesn't come. It's not our cross to bear. Just because someone doesn't get rocked by you laying hands on you, you know you have the anointing to do it, 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 it doesn't change the fact that you're called into that ministry. It's like speaking, it, it's like any gift, actually, of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes things in this, in this environment that we live in, this world that we live in, begin to stray, keep us strayed away from our anointing and our calling. And it's simply just not the way it should be. You know, that, that's probably one of the biggest disconnects we have in praying for people. Because we're afraid of what the outcome's going to be. And I got news for you, the outcome does not matter. That is not the point. The point is what? The prayer. The point is the time that you spend intercessing for someone. To lift them up to the throne and say, Father, rock them from the inside out, Father. Heal them, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's look at, as we're talking about specifically laying hands on the sick, let's talk, let's look at Mark chapter 16. Now, I was told that if I hit play on this, wow, it worked, praise God. By the way, I do have a laser now, so I would watch your eyeballs, right, amen, I get to play a little bit with a laser. It's kind of dangerous. Amen. Mark 16, 17 through 18 says, These signs will accompany those who believe. What is that? What does that say? All these signs will accompany those who believe. Okay. How many in this room have placed their trust and their faith in Jesus Christ? Raise your hand. If you have verbally said, I have, I have placed my trust, this is for you. You understand? This is not my word. This is the word of God. You want to say, but, 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 but. No, 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 no. This is the word of God. It says, oh, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will do what? Cast out demons. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Oh, that's not for today. What are you talking about? Of course that's for today. Matter of fact, that's in our own houses. That's in our own body of believers. Oh, but I'm a believer. I can't have tormenting spirits. Absolutely you can. Because we've allowed things to come into our life that cause defilement. They will speak in new tongues. Sorry, I'm going to go on a rabbit trail here for a second. 
I got invited to go into a Southern Baptist church last weekend to teach the Spiritual Warfare Conference. Praise God. It was awesome. Awesome. And we talked about speaking in tongues. Wherever you're at on the, on the topic, whatever, right? But we talked about that, and I asked, how many of you, obviously I knew where I was at, how many of you in this room have been gifted with the, the gift of speaking in tongues? And, she's raising her hand already. <laughs> Praise God, you should be bold in that, lady, amen? Praise God. And the pastor's wife That was awesome. It was like one other person, but it's the pastor's wife, right? That was important. And I said, how many of you in here want to receive that from God? And about six or seven people raised their hand. After the conference was over, I stood at the pulpit and I said, you have now all become Baptocostals. <laughs> hey, God is doing... It's not a new thing. It's a, he's been doing it for, for thousands of years, right? He's pouring his spirit out, and all these denominational walls are falling. Religion is falling. Relationship is rising. Amen. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. Lord, have mercy. Please don't, right? Let's... That's a demonic reference, not a actual let's go and play with snakes kind of thing. And if they drink deadly poison, again, that's a reference to the demonic, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they what? Will, will recover. You see, sometimes when someone comes in and they have a physical infirmity, sometimes it's not the physical infirmity that's the problem. Sometimes they need a spiritual healing. Sometimes they need a recovery or a renewing of their mind. And then the physical thing just, just dissipates on its own. But this is very important that we understand this. This is a part of your identity if you're called into the healing ministry. That is a part of it. No one in this world can take that away from you. The enemy likes to distract us from walking in our anointing. And he's effective of that. He sends presidents and governors into office and you're like, oh my gosh. The world's going to end! No, God will end the world when he's ready. Amen? But see, we, again, we get diverted by those things. God has a calling on your life, period. Every single one of you. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, it does not matter. You were created with purpose. Purpose. And that is not to sit in the pews until Jesus comes home. You have been called with purpose. It's not just your pastor. It's not just the evangelist or the ministry team. It's every single one of you individually. And most of you probably know exactly what you're supposed to do for the kingdom of God. 
Most of you probably received a calling when you were very young and the Lord whispered into your spirit and says, I have this for you, child. But again, life circumstances have dictated what we've done. God knew you before you were even created. Let's look at Psalm 139. This is really cool, by the way. I love that remote. Some of the places I go in Dominican Republic and Mexico, we don't have cool things like this. Amen? Psalm 139, 13 through 15 says, For you know my inward parts. You knitted me together in my womb. Do you understand that? I praise you, for, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You see? You see right there? You were what? Wonderfully made. You were wonderfully made. Why? Because you were made with a purpose. You were made with purpose. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. Wow! Before you ever became a speck in your mother's womb, God knew you. He knew you perfectly. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Oh, uh, that's a pretty powerful piece of scripture. Some of you struggle with that. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm not smart enough. Oh, I'm not worthy enough. That's the one that just breaks my heart. How many of you in here feel worthy to be called child of the king? Raise your hand. Let's see. Oh, I'm going I'm to start yelling at you in a minute. Every one of you should have raised your hand. You've been believing the lie of the enemy for far too long. You've been believing that you're not worthy enough. You've been believing that you're not smart enough. You've been believing that you're not good enough. You've been believing the lies of the enemy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Now, let me ask that question again. Even if you don't believe it right now, it's okay, but you raising your hand is a declaration to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start believing it. I'm going to start believing it from this day forward. I want to ask you a question. Mom, you cannot raise his hand for him, child. I'm watching. You're like, you will raise your hand. I guess Moses had people do it for him too, amen. Praise God. Praise God. You, you want to raise his hand, stick his hand up in the air. Amen. I'm going to ask you a question. Now, here it is again. How many of you in this room feel worthy? Very, that's much better. Much better. Much better. Your purpose outweighs your physical condition. Did you catch that? 
your purpose outweighs your physical condition or your physical environment. Your purpose outweighs it. It outweighs poverty. It outweighs struggles in life. It outweighs politics. It outweighs all of it. Some of you think, well, I, I, I don't have enough <clears throat> money, so I can't be happy. Huh. I've, I've known some very wealthy people that are miserable, by the way. How about, how about this, warrior priest? How about let's just be content with what we have? I don't have much in my life, but man, I'm content with everything I got. I need nothing in this world. This world has nothing to offer me and it has nothing to offer you. Every day when we wake up, we should be praising the one who who's, holds our very breath in the palm of his hand. Every day. Oh, but COVID's all over. I don't care what's all over. Every day. Thank you for my breath, Father. Thank you that I have a roof over my head. It might not be the greatest roof, and it might not be the prettiest roof, but it's a roof over your head. How many of you eat at least one meal a day in this room? At least one. Some of you not raising your hand. I'm like, okay, what are you on, like a fast? We thank God. Even if it's just top ramen and tuna fish. Come on. I lived on that for a long time. Matter of fact, I still like top ramen. It just is what it is. Or spam. How many of you ever had spam before? Oh, oh, Lord have mercy. What is that? What is it? I don't even know. Is it like, it's got all kinds of parts in it, I'm sure. How many of you actually like eating spam? Just eat, it's okay. Be bold. Wow. Lord, we pray for them. My dad used to do a fried spam with eggs. Uh, this is a true story. Not even a month ago, I was at the grocery store and I was looking at chicken in a can, like tuna fish, right? It's actually pretty good. Yeah, whatever. And there was spam next to it. And I told my wife, my wife was with me, I said, hey, I'm going to buy a can of that. She goes, why? I said, I'm going to feed it to the kids and see what they think. I think everyone should experience it at least once. It's kind of like sardines, right? Hey, some of us don't have money to go down to the seafood restaurant. But we can all, hey, a, a buck fifty buy you a can of fish. Praise God. Whatever. I think it's nasty. My dad would open that can up and, whoa, man, it got, whoo. That stuff was stinky. And why you would like those things, who knows, but praise God, anyways. But we should thank God for those, for those things. All of you are clothed, praise God, hallelujah. You have shoes on your feet. You're here in this beautiful church. You're here together, enjoying church, enjoying the body. We should praise God for that. Be content for what we have. Because, see, when we understand our identity in the kingdom, then we look at our, our situation in life and we say, man, I am truly blessed. I am truly blessed. Let's look at Ephesians 2, 10. Remember, your purpose outweighs your physical condition. 
Your purpose is spiritual and kingdom-centered. Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 10. Oh, there you go. I forgot I had this in my hand. (laughs) For we are his workmanship. That's part of our identity, right? Created. Oh, well, I'm not handsome enough. I'm not pretty enough. Because we're basing our looks off worldly standards. But what he sees, what this says is, for we are his workmanship. He created you and I perfectly. Created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. See, this, this life that we have as believers, our identity in the kingdom of God is not just for us. It's for the outside world. It's to go out and make a difference. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Wow. Walk in what? The good works. You know, that's why the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given for the betterment of the good of the people. Not to sell. Not to market. And we won't dive too deep into that one. But we know what happens. So the Scripture doesn't tell us only walk in the good works when things are going well. Only walk in the good works when you agree with the, with the politics of the nation and of your state. Only do the good works when there's no global virus spreading around the world. Only do the good works when you have money in the bank. Only do the good works when you feel good. It says, go and do. There, that's it, Period. Remember when Jesus came back and told his disciples, he said what? Go. We could just end it right there. Go. Go. You and I were created with purpose. You know, when we stray away from our purpose, it's because of our weaknesses. Our weakness drove us away from our identity. Our weaknesses in this life begin to get the best of us. Will you raise your hands and praise God when your family members are sick with COVID or died off or you lost your home or you lost your wealth? Will you still raise your hands and praise God? Yes, you will. Why? Because you understand who you are in the kingdom of God. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. This is, this is Paul's torment. You see, no matter what the physical condition is, we are still called with purpose. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about that, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in what? Your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my what? 
weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Do you know that's a real deal? Persecutions. I'm not talking outside. I'm talking inside the house. Let's get real for a second. Sometimes we ourselves can be the loudest ones persecuting the pastor or the evangelist. (laughs) We're going to get real. You better put on the seatbelt. Pull your britches up, right? I mentioned this to Pastor the other night at dinner. I said, yeah, man, we, we talked about hate mail Monday. Some of you laugh. Why are you laughing? You know what that means? Hate mail Monday? Yeah, it was like, mm. Pastor does. I do. Of course, mine's just not all. Mine's hate mail Monday through Sunday because, you know, whatever. People tracking me down. Why does the body persecute the pastors? Why do we do that? Because we're lacking in our identity. We're forgetting the identity of our pastor in the kingdom of God, too. He's been called with greatness. So have you. But yet, we persecute those. Why do we do that? Now, if pastors and evangelists are preaching false doctrines, well, amen. We need to rise up. But we need to come to the understanding that if you're called into a ministry, it doesn't matter what people think of you. If you're out preaching the word of God and doing the things God called you to do, then who cares what anyone thinks of your ministry and what you're doing? And if you don't like it, that door is wide open. You see? We need to come to church to be a part of the unity of the body. Unity and power, because together we're a weapon for the kingdom of God. You know, we were doing the praise and worship, and we changed those words, and you said, I am. Did you feel the atmosphere shift a little bit inside the room? If you didn't, it did. I promise you. It shifted. What just, we went to war together as a body, because that's our identity in the kingdom of God is warrior priest. Warrior priest. My grace is sufficient for you. All right, let me, did we read all that? We didn't read all that. We did read all of it? We did read all of it. Praise God. Some of you in this room today are dealing with storms in your life. Some of you desire, Father, to strip those storms from you. But maybe Father's waiting for you to rise up and speak to those storms. So we always want Father to do everything for us when He's already done everything for us. He sent His Son. His Son released the Holy Spirit upon us to endow us with power, wisdom, counsel, 
But yet we still plead with Father, Father, do this, do this. And he's saying, what? why don't you raise your own voice? And here's, here's an example of that. Let's say brother is battling something in his shoulder. I'm not putting that on him, right? Amen. But I'm just saying, let's say he's battling something. And here's an example of some of our prayers that we do. Oh, Father, please heal this brother's shoulder. That's a good prayer. But when we understand our identity and who we are in the kingdom, the prayer life shifts a little bit. And our prayer becomes, Father, with all power and authority given to me by my Lord and Savior, I say healing into the shoulder right now in Jesus' name. Do you, do you see the difference? Big, monumental difference. Oh, but that's, but, that's, but that's prideful. No, it is not. What are we doing? We're declaring with the authority given to us that healing will come in whose name? Now, if it was prideful, it would be like in Kenneth's name. That's pride. Do you understand? That's prideful. You're way off base. But confidence and boldness and power and authority that have been given to the body of believers is for us to grab a hold of and use it with precision and perfection. Not worrying about outcomes. So today, uh, we want to there's a, a minute, Pastor, you want to come up here? You have ministry team members? So today we want to we want to pray for you. Today we want to speak life and fire into your hearts and into your minds. Today's the day that you grab a hold of your identity and you begin to run in it. You begin to say, no, I will walk boldly before you, Father, for the rest of my days. Today is the day. If you choose to come and receive prayer today, then today will be a new day for you. If you choose not to receive prayer, praise God. That's okay, too. And it's okay if you want to leave, if you got stuff to do and you don't want to hang out, amen, praise God. But I, I desire in my heart that you come up here. Look at all these warrior priests up here who understand their identity in the kingdom of God. My desire is that you come and you'll receive today. Be bold in what you're asking Father for. You have not... You see, Father's a big, big God. And He's waiting for His children to rise. He's waiting for His church to say, no more will we walk in weakness. No more. From this day forward, we walk in boldness. Boldness. So we invite you to come. If you need prayer today, we want you to come. 
You see one of the ministry team members up here, just come. If you, if you need it, come on. We're, we're here for you. Amen. Come on. Praise God. Do not let the enemy keep you in your seat. Praise God. Break loose of the chairs. Amen. Come. Come, 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 come.